0: And welcome to Sacred Stories, a podcast put on by the Office of Christian Leadership, Vocation and Retreats in Campus Ministry at the University of Dayton. I'm Sammy.
1: And I'm Julia. Join us every other week as a member of the UD community shares how their story intersects with a reading from a sacred text and encourages us to explore that same intersection in our own lives.
2: Spencer Scheifer. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'm a mechanical engineering major with an aerospace concentration. Some fun facts about me are that I love being outside, whether I'm skiing, running, or hiking, I'm happy to be outside. I also really enjoy photography. Thankfully, these are pretty easy to combine together and make for a really fun time on the occasion where I can combine them. Uh, in my time here at UD, I've been on a few retreats, I've led a retreat, and actually helped found the faith group Valorous, and still currently lead that. The sacred text that I chose is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. This is a phenomenally written memoir about a psychologist's experiences through multiple concentration camps during the Second World War. When I first read the book, this wasn't the type of book that I would pick up off a shelf and choose to read, or even preview. It's likely that I never would have even picked it up to preview in the first place. Luckily, I had to read it for a class in high school, as with most great books. As I read, I felt something pushing me to continue reading. Although the stories told are extreme, heavy, and generally don't apply to my daily life because they're stories from a concentration camp, I found the lessons that each story contained applied directly to my life once they were broken down. This is where the book really began getting interesting for me. The more I read, the more insight into human nature and the gift of hope I would gain. With that came a new appreciation for everything that God has given us. In spite of everything that was experienced throughout the memoir, those with faith had hope. Those with hope had motivation. And those with motivation made it to the next day. The most incredible part about the book, however, is that he was able to make connections between his experiences, faith, and the scientific community, all being accessible to the average reader. When I read this book for the first time, I had no experience in psychology and really had a lot to learn still about faith, my faith and the church's teachings. One of the most profound passages reads, The prisoner who had lost faith in the future, his future, was doomed. With his loss of belief in the future, he also lost his spiritual hold." He let himself decline and became subject to mental and physical decay. Usually this happened quite suddenly, in the form of a crisis, the symptoms of which were familiar to the experienced camp inmate. We all feared this moment, not for ourselves, which would have been pointless, but for our friends. Usually it began with the prisoner refusing one morning to get dressed and wash, or to go out into the parade grounds. No entreaties, no blows, no threats had any effect. He just lay there, hardly moving. If this crisis was brought about by an illness, he refused to be taken to the sick bay, or to do anything to help himself. He simply gave up. There he remained, lying in his own excretia, and nothing bothered him anymore. About a page later, he quotes Nietzsche, saying, He who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. Throughout the book, this quote is used on three separate occasions. While this book sends a very powerful message about the nature of human motivation, this quote stuck out to me above the rest. Throughout my life, being the realist that I am, I've always felt a slight disconnect between the religious teachings and real life. It always seemed to me that religion told us what we ought to do, but it often felt that it wasn't realistic to live out. I always found it a struggle taking what I learned in school and turning it into something that I could actually live out. I didn't know how to apply what I was taught. The struggle to find my place in God's plan, and God's plan in my life, continued to build within me for years. Once I read this book, things started to make a lot more sense. Things started to connect, and a lot of that worry was alleviated that I wouldn't be able to find that. When I first read him quoting Nietzsche saying, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how, things started really connecting for me. This was the first piece of the puzzle that started to bridge the gap between religious teachings and the way we live daily life. While the why in this quote can be applied to anything motivational, the why for me was fulfilled by God. Pretty soon, I began reading the quote as He who has God to live for can bear anyhow. He who has God to live for can bear anyhow. Despite being surrounded by so much evil throughout the book, there were some truly incredible moments that were captured. Admiring these moments and reflecting on my own life allowed me to realize that no matter how hard life gets, God is there. Years later, I still go back and read parts of the book, every time I have some new realization about life. Recently, i realized that God is there for everyone, regardless of whether or not we believe. But it is up to us to choose God. I'd like to invite you to think about a few questions. How do you live out God's plan in daily life? How do you serve him every day? What purpose does God fulfill in your life? Is he there to guide you? Is he there for you to rely on when things get tough? Does he show you how to live as a Christian? I'd like to close with one of my favorite prayers, St. Ignatius's prayer for generosity. This prayer, I feel, connects very well back into man's search for meaning, as it asks for us to pick up our cross and carry and continue that struggle in search for God and search for doing his will. Please take a moment to center yourself in the presence of the Lord. Lord, teach me to be generous. Teach me to serve you as you deserve, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor and not to ask for any reward, save that of knowing I am doing your will. Amen.
1: Thank you for listening to Sacred Stories, produced by Campus Ministry at the University of Dayton. We would like to give a huge shout out to everyone that contributes to the production of this podcast. Our theme music is by Scott Paplow, Associate Director of Liturgy for Pastoral Music. Additional support for this podcast is provided by the Office of Christian Leadership, Vocation, and Retreats.
0: Please consider subscribing to our podcast so that you can get notified when new episodes are released. Additionally, we invite you to rate and review us wherever you may be listening so that it's easier for others to find us. Our podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on our campus ministry website.
1: We hope this and future episodes inspire you to explore sacred texts and experiences and witness how they intersect with your own faith life. If there are ways we can support and accompany you on your journey of faith, please reach out to us. You can learn more about campus ministry on our website udayton.edu slash ministry, our Instagram at UD Campus Ministry, and on our Facebook page. Also check out our Campus Ministry YouTube channel for more faith-related content. Lastly, to stay in the loop about our upcoming events for undergraduate students, check out our page on 1850.
0: Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's sacred story, and we hope you join us next episode to hear from another member of the UD community. Have a wonderful day.